0: ESPN LA 710. Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with LaFern Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. Welcome to The
1: Experience here on ESPN LA. I'm LaFern Cusack. For more information, please log on to ESPNLA.com and uh, check out the podcast. Podcast, Download podcast, or check me out on Twitter at Laferne Cusack. Today, we're talking athletes and financial literacy with New Vision Credit Union Essay Challenge. And in studio, so happy to have Tom Sweet. He's vice president of marketing for New Vision Credit Union. Terrell Thomas, former NFL player, business owner, entrepreneur, motivational speaker. Thomas Williams, former NFL player, author, motivational speaker. Attila Morgan, Manager, Community Engagement for New Vision Credit Union. Welcome, all of you. Thanks for coming in. Good
0: morning. Thank you for having us.
1: Now, you guys are deep-rooted within Los Angeles. Former USC players, Terrell. How did you get into USC? What was that experience like?
2: It was a great experience to uh, get accepted into USC, Uh, earned it on an athletic scholarship. And um, I had a great time there. We won a bunch of championships. I received my degree there, and I met my wife.
1: And then from USC, you graduated into the NFL.
2: Yes, ma'am. I played six years with the New York Giants, was uh, blessed enough to win a Super Bowl ring. I retired in 2015 and uh, immediately uh, jumped into the workforce and uh, started to give back to my community
1: and we're gonna deep dive deep into that in just a second and Thomas Williams you went to USC what did it feel like to get accepted into USC
0: oh my gosh USC Trojans number one team in the country greatest football program of all times they blessed me with the opportunity to go to school for free and play uh, on some great teams so it was it was quite the experience Uh, my family and I talk about it all the time now where for those five years not only did we get a chance to spend so much time Together but also create some life Lasting memories which was amazing Which by the way we only lost five Games in four years I just thought oh, I'd throw that Out there oh, I was you, you know that. what I mean Some people out there are listening their stats people So I just wanted to throw the numbers out there Just in case we're teammates. Oh so yeah, we bled together for five years
1: So what was that relate? How did you build that relationship then
0: You
2: know what's funny me and Thomas Had a weird relationship throughout college um, We were cool with each other but we weren't cool. We always respected one another and it wasn't until we retired that we really became really good friends and we have connected on so many levels, found out that we have so many things in common and really just respected each other over the years. But, you know, we were young and dumb or whatever, but uh, like he said, man, five five losses in, in five years and we
0: had a hell of a time at USC.
1: Yeah, that's, that's
0: true. That's true. We really, I'm just going to say it, we didn't like each other. He said it was like the politically correct way. We didn't really like each other. We did always respect each other on the football field but as far as like off the football field I think we have one picture together at the barbecue (laughs) and uh, recently sent that and I was like Oh, we actually did hang out off the field. It's interesting. It but I think the reason why, and we've talked about it, because it's so hard to look in the mirror, and we have so many similarities. But one of the, the best defensive backs that I had the privilege of playing with, this is college and pro, respected his game, and now um, look up to him as a mentor, as a father, as a as a husband. And we just have so many life uh, conversations now that are, that are mutually beneficial.
1: And uh, Attila, how did you come about these two wonderful gentlemen taking part in the New Vision Credit Union.
3: I met Terrell through a friend that helps us with the program. Um, His name is Lester Barron. I'm a financial advisor. He actually invited Terrell to come to one of our workshops in our essay challenge last year. And I just continued the relationship. And through Terrell, I was able to meet Thomas. And it's been a pretty awesome experience as both of them, have really added to our program, they've come out to workshops, they've She's really inspired the kids and have shared
1: their stories and have made a a, a positive um, impact on them. Yes, and I'm glad you guys are here to share your story as well. And Tom, as VP of Marketing, tell us about your strategy behind having Terrell and Thomas come speak to the students about financial literacy.
4: Yeah, you know, we're just trying to make a difference in the kids' lives. And, um, you know, we want folks that they can connect with. Folks that they can respect and kind of look up to so that, um, again, so we can connect with the kids and help them understand the importance of financial literacy and get their life off to a good start.
1: All right. So on Monday
3: is voting goes live on Monday. And if you go to essay dot com, you're able to select all the essays, take a look at them and vote for your favorite essay. And the voting period will be for three weeks. It starts Monday, April 9th and will conclude on April 30th we will announce on our Facebook page on May 2nd, the
1: winners of the 26 scholarships. Okay. And Terrell, why is this so important for you to be a part of this?
2: You know what? I was blessed enough to attend USC. I got my degree there. I had two financial advisors, uh, during my tenure in the NFL. And I realized that I still needed financial education. And I look back at my education background and I never learned it. I never learned it in high school or in college. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, meet a client uh, of my business, uh, Lester Barron, who um, started speaking to me about financial literacy, and that's how I got connected with Attila. What I think with New Vision's program and how they are finding uh, they found a void in the community, and they found a way to give back and to reach these kids. And uh, for for me personally, to have that platform to speak to these kids, to teach them the importance of education, and them really be engaged, and to write these really heartfelt essays to get this grant money uh, for their self and their families is uh, is awesome to be a part of.
1: Now, uh, Thomas, we were talking beforehand about how you were raised with that type of background knowing about money how your mother showed you how money is being spent and you took that into your athleticism right and then going into college you really weren't taught exactly the basics of what money is doing can you talk about how uh Knowing financial literacy At an early age Is a positive thing For our community and athletes
0: Yeah, that's that's the number one thing That I wish I would have learned Through middle school and through high school people always talk about like what do you remember about your education or your Your academic experience in high school and what 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 information did you retain? And I would say that the biggest void was financial literacy understanding money understanding how it works how um, Sometimes you can earn and work for your money And then sometimes your money you get to a point in your life where money can work for you And so for me I had to learn through what they call the school of hard knocks um, And had some very expensive life life lessons Once um, One time I was going into My third I was going into my fourth season in the NFL And at that time uh, Training camp is six weeks long And it was August of 2010 going into my fourth year and I remember having a conversation with my financial advisor at the time where he told me that I had $2500 to my name. Oh. And How'd that happen? Uh because I was I was I neglected my accounts. I, I, I neglected my financial uh, responsibility, the ownership, because I placed it on somebody else. I thought my agent should look at it. I thought my financial advisor should look at it. I thought everybody else should look at it except me. And the crazy story is I had a mortgage at the time that was $3,200. And I only, if I wouldn't have made the football team at the end of those six weeks, I wouldn't have had enough money to pay my mortgage, which means I not only would have been out of a job, I would have been out of my house. And that's when the first time I really got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being afraid to look at my accounts, being afraid to um, go to my bank account and look at what's my balance. There's actually another time where Terrell and I, um, and I don't even know if he remembers, but we went out and we played golf out in um, near his hometown and I you know, we we make side bets and wagers and have fun and I lost the game of golf and I owed Terrell $60 Uh-oh. Uh Oh, and I I actually tried to play it off. I didn't have the money. Wow. And I tried to play it off like Terrell. Oh, shoot. My my card got declined (laughs) or my card strip isn't working. And we actually went to the gas station because I was like, well, maybe I can use my credit card to get that money, but not my bank card. And that was going into the 2010 football season where we played them in the preseason. And I had I came out to the football field before the game during warm ups and gave him his $60. Did
1: you know this was going?
0: On? Not at all, not <laughs> at all. But I'm glad I got my money.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, but it, you know it's tough. And to follow that up, man, I, I won't have give a uh, heartfelt story that Thomas shared. But I, I do know that my biggest strain was my rookie year. I went from a thousand dollar stipend uh, leaving USC to uh, five to ten thousand um, dollars. After my rookie year, there was three months where I spent um, a range maybe 20 to 25000 a month and yeah, it, it, it can happen wow. very fast. And if you're not paying attention and, and you're just swiping that card, you're like, you, you look back and you're like, whoa, I just spent, you know, $70,000 in three months. And, um, that was my, my wake up call. And it didn't stop there. You know, it was the reason why I had two financial advisors because I had a yes man and I needed somebody to tell me no or to at least give me options to say, if you really want to do this, but this is where it's going to put you or you can do this. And, um, unfortunately, you know, there's a, there's is an issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, with even professional athletes. Mm -hmm. So me and Thomas have been working tirelessly um, with USC and in our own ways trying to find a way to um, help these kids transition into college or out of college and I think New Vision is the perfect partnership because they provide us a platform to share our stories and to really instill to these kids that you need to educate yourself about financial literacy, you need to understand the importance of education in general because you can play professional ball. I played six years, he played uh, five I believe and both uh, had have have had financial strains at times but more importantly we both are relying on our education once we retire and I think that's what's most important.
1: Now uh, Attila or or Tom if you can speak to do you find a lot of athletes or people that are high in our community in regards to being out there and um, everyone knowing them do you find that uh, a lot of this most successful people fall into this category where they are spending you know $50,000 in a month?
3: Actually, from my experience, I reach out to a lot of business partners to help us with the program, and 100% of them have the same stories, and they say they wish... They knew what they know today back when they were younger and made choices with their finances. So that's why they all have a big heart to give back to the community and to pour into our youth to teach them the lessons that they wish they knew.
1: Did you learn financial literacy when you were growing up?
3: I did not. And that's a reason why I'm 100 percent committed to the program, because I wish I knew what I today when I was back. Younger, and uh, we discussed earlier about how it's a, a family um, cycle. I, we didn't talk about money in my home mm-hmm. at all, and uh, it's a conversation that needs to take place between parents and their children. And the other thing about our program is we invite parents to come to our workshops because we found that <laughs> the parents need the education yes more than the kids in some cases. Well, because the parents important.
1: don't know how to may not know how to teach it to you know their their kids um where i was talking about how my son's 5 years old and i'm teaching him how t- he can earn another Nintendo game which is sixty dollars by the way mm-hmm. a pop for a game I did not know this when I bought the game I didn't know this. anyway that's another story but he gets to earn that's that great. game uh Tom how about you did you grow up in a financially literate uh, household
4: uh not at all no not at all so uh, y- you know in a, in a I don't think it's uncommon. I think that most people grow up today without a lot of financial education or or just, you know, even their parents kind of helping them understand, because a lot of the parents don't understand financial literacy. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, again, it's not uncommon. It's one of the reasons that, you know, we see a big gap in the education system, um, and that's one of the reasons we've kind of put this program together, you know, to help kind of fill that void, if you will, and help these kids.
1: So when you guys were going to USC, did you you guys get any type of financial support in regards to learning how to manage your money if by chance you happen to make it in the nfl
0: no i uh i say it all the time that my financial literacy came through just figure it out on your own Mm -hmm. um there was Probably conversations that take place. How are you doing with your money? Which is an open-ended question. Um, where is your Where is your money going? Um, are and, you doubling down on your money? Right. Um, and I'll be honest. There's There's a lot of a lot of the struggles that I see and experiences that a financial advisor would come in and talk to us, but he would speak to us on the level of as though we already have a hundred thousand dollars to invest, a million dollars to invest. Oh, right. You think about the stipend check, like Terrell was saying, we go from $1,000 a month to our rookie year, it was $17,000 a week. And so my habits came from my experience with my stipend check. The first thing I do is I go deposit it and then I'm going straight to the mall, the Beverly center. Oh. And I'm getting the shoes, I'm getting the shirt, I'm getting the pants. Cause I got to look fresh. And the first thing I did with my signing bonuses, I went straight to Beverly center. Wow. And now my shirts, instead of being the 25, 30, $40 are now going to be 150, 200, $300. I got to get the $300 shoes. I got to get the, the $250 pants, some sunglasses, because those were my habits. And so no, I, I didn't receive any financial education at USC um, or when I was in college. And I think that's what everybody's expected to know what to do when you get it. And like we talked about before, how do you know what you don't know?
1: Right. But there, there there's a lot of where, you know, they talk about how schools recruit the athletes from, you know, maybe lower income uh, families and they come in and maybe. A, a couple weeks ago, I had a young lady on who was talking about one of her students, you know, grew up in a single uh, family household. The electricity went off often because uh, they couldn't have didn't have money to pay the bills. They didn't have money to buy food. And now he's in the NBA and he is making a lot of money and he's going to spend it. And he's going to he says, you know what, I'm I'm probably going to have Alzheimer's by the time I'm 40, but I'm going to do it because. It's going to be worth it because I'm going to have the money because they did not have the money. Did you find that, uh, Terrell, in your experience going to USC about, you know, how you grew up is how you were going to spend your money?
2: Yeah, I mean, me and my mom, um, we struggled. You know, there were times where I would come home and the lights would be off. And um, at USC, you know, she, she was she was doing well while I was in college, and maybe because she had have to take care of me. But one thing she did provide for me was groceries all the time, and I always appreciated that. And I think uh, as a lot of athletes make it into the NFL or whatever professional um, sport, they make it as um, they become the provider automatically. And, and they uh, it becomes their job to take care of their family, um, um, to provide for them, for their cousins, for their brothers and sisters and uncles, and it becomes this responsibility that is bestowed upon you. and You even ask for it, and it's almost like you're the bad person if you think about your future. And unfortunately, I think a lot of athletes don't understand the process of how money r- really works. Mm-hmm. Like Thomas said, you know, you gotta get your money working for you before you're just spending it, and they learn it too late. And I think that's the huge gap. And you know, um, New Vision provided us with the stat: there's only five states in the in the whole U.S. that and still or teach financial literacy in school and California is not one of them so like Tom said like Thomas said it's a universal thing in all families you know whether you're a doctor a lawyer or a professional athlete you're going to struggle with finances if you're never taught how to manage uh, your, your bank accounts you know how to build your credit up uh, what's a good investment um, stocks and bonds CDs whatever it may be these are things that we're not taught but then we inherit all this money or we, we learn how to uh, make money but we, we don't learn how to save it
1: right right Uh, i remember uh, with mc hammer when he had all his entourage and he was paid he felt obligated to pay for everything and he eventually went bankrupt and i remember seeing that i'm like what and It is something when you come into when you don't have money and you come into money, how people are grabbing at you of, okay, well, you know, I have to pay my bills. You know, can you help me out? Okay, how many people can you help out right at this time without go without being MC Hammer? Right. Um, Tom, can you talk about some of the things that you have learned uh, with your financial literacy and that? how the, that has come into your job as vice president of marketing uh personally yes <laughs> i'm i'm yeah. getting personal look at you, come yeah. on come on
4: um, <laughs> you know um, i've obviously learned a lot from these guys here and from the the financial advisors that we have to help us with the uh the program uh you know i think you know when you make money you don't really think about you know, it just seems kind of easy, mm-hmm. and you don't have to really think about it. But when you don't make money, that's when you really <laughs> think about it. Um, so I've had some, you know, both opportunities. Yes. And, uh, you know, with New Vision here in, in the program we've gotten uh, got going here, I think that, uh, you know, saving money is huge. Learning how, as uh, Thomas says, learning how to uh, money to make money. Uh, that's really important as well. Yes. I think obviously credit and and learning not to abuse credit. Um, okay. You know, when they give you a credit card when you're 20 years old and and you think it's free money and you yes. just go out and spend it and you don't think you have to pay it back, that's that's not a good um, thing for us to be teaching the kids. So yes, you know, we're trying to help with that.
1: So uh, tell tell us more about this program and this contest and and uh, what cities are taking part in this. Okay. Well, we're at nine
3: schools this year throughout LA and Orange County. Um, we're at Bell Gardens, Carson, Lakewood, City Honors in Inglewood, Cabrillo in Long Beach, Oxford Academy in Cypress, Modern Day in Santa Ana, Marina High School in Huntington Beach. We have, um, so far, we're getting the essays in. The deadline was yesterday, and we the essays are being loaded onto our website. We have 26 scholarships that we'll be awarding. The top prize will be $5,000. And the other cool thing about our program is not only do students get an opportunity to win scholarships, but we also make donations to the schools that are participating. So the school of the $5,000 winner will also receive a $2,500 donation, as well as the 10 runner-up prizes for $500 the schools will also receive $250 um, so it's a pretty great program we're excited about the essays being loaded and going live with voting so we welcome everybody to go to essaychallenge.com starting Monday at 12 noon and read some essays and, and pick your favorite ones to talk vote. about the themes of the essays the themes of the essay the topic is what uh, can a young adult do to become a better saver and what uh, things can they do to remain debt free. And those topics were covered in the financial workshops and I've been reading the essays and the students are right on point. They really did learn a lot and it hit home with all of the students.
1: Yeah. I mean that for me is like so valuable. I mean to share it with young adults at it's it's a life learner. Like, you need that for the rest of your life. Let's not be yes, in debt. Let's definitely. not be in the red. Um, I know we're also talking about how the NFL has programs to help athletes once they are done with uh, football, once they, you know, retire. Uh, Thomas, can you talk about that and and... Uh, did you attend any of these programs and how effective was it?
0: Well, the uh, the unfortunate part about that is that there there are times um, through my NFL career where somebody would come in and talk to us about uh, the importance of saving your money, the importance of investing your money, the importance of having money um, to your name when you're done playing. But I feel like the NFL did us a disservice because the times which we were sitting in some of those uh, seminars and some of those conferences, it was seven, eight, nine o'clock at night during training camp. It was um, throughout the times where we had um, OTAs in the off season and people didn't want to be there. Now, as far as for me as being the player, my responsibility, I should have taken um, those sessions a lot more serious. But again, being 23 making a couple of dollars and you think that from here on out you're going to make so much more money just like you had your whole entire life as you get older you make more money. That was my fault. I would also say that the NFL um, they just need to do a better job of helping the transitioned players understand that as soon as you leave the NFL, we need to create and, and develop some type of game plan because the importance is you're entering into the NFL. They spend two months, three months getting you prepared. What is the NFL going to be like on the field? But there's no offboarding process. And if you think about it, there's so much importance on getting you into the culture, getting you into the system. But Where's the same type of importance and intentions when you're leaving the game of football? Um, So those are the things that I can see us doing a better job as um, former players like Terrell talked about, because we know the game. We are exactly who all the current players will become. Right. So that kind of gives us the validity to be able to speak into their lives. And who else cares about us than us is kind of like the old FUBU slogan, right, for us, by us. So we're going to take care of our people. It's a fraternity. Once you're in, it doesn't matter who you played for. It doesn't matter if we win against each other, if you beat me or if I beat you. Mm-hmm. We're all a fraternity, and we have to look out for one another.
1: But you had talked about you went to a uh, an event last week um, that trained veterans from mm-hmm. – the time they're in the army yeah
0: Uh, yeah yeah yeah. it was uh uh workshops for warriors they had an event and that i went to and i was speaking with one of the marines and he was telling me that each couple of years every couple of years the military has a mandatory program for some of their servicemen and women talking about the different stages of your transition so maybe after the first year they just give you you know, feed you like a baby, right? Just give you some formula, and then the like third or fourth year, they give you a little bit more information, and then by the time you're in your tenth year in the military, everybody's focus is starting to think about, okay, what am I going to do when I get out? As far as you know, career, life, money, et cetera. And so, I think that that's a great model for you know professional sports to take um, and and basically steal that same type of model, so that we can get more information. And then we can also be more prepared for our transition. And that's just like what New Vision's doing with their program on these high school campuses is they're saying, look, some of you might be freshmen, sophomores, juniors, or seniors, but every single one of you will become a high school graduate. Whether you go on to college or whether you don't, we want to prepare you, educate you so that when you get out there and you make a dollar, you make a million dollars and everywhere in between, you'll be prepared. And so that's why I think that this partnership was a no-brainer for me and to Terrell, because it's just something that we see, athlete or not, everybody needs to understand money.
1: Terrell, did you take any classes with the NFL in regards to your financial literacy?
2: You know what? The NFL, they're trying their hardest to help, but it's just enough. That's all they're doing. Like Thomas said, they're offering these, uh, these uh, classes or mandatory meetings that we have um, at 8 o'clock, at the end of the day, and um, once an athlete gets, you know, $300,000 plus in his bank account, a million dollar. If he's 20-year-old and he, he went, you know, first round or even the top three rounds, there's nothing really you can tell him at mm-hmm. that point. You know, what can mom or anybody say uh, when he's making $400,000 right out of college? It's hard at that point. And we used to have a, a trainer who, who would always yell, thirsty too late. And what that meant was... If mm. you are thirsty, that means you're dehydrated and it's already too late. Oh, wow. So, if you are educating us on finances while we already have the money in our hand, it is too late. If the NFL really wants to help, they will follow New Visions Plan and help these kids in high school or in college before they get the money because that's when you have their attention. Once they get that dollar in their pocket, it's too late.
1: Wow. That. That is deep. So, yeah. So talk about some of the students that are impacted by this program.
3: Well, the students are, have been just amazing. Um, we get great feedback from the program. They really love the fact that we have great community partners as such as Terrell and Thomas to come out and speak with them and share their stories. You know, your testimonies are is what hit home. Yes, uh, it's home.
1: And yeah. since you guys, are, you know, both are from LA, well, coming into LA, mm-hmm. you guys have a background and mm-hmm. and I think the kids can relate to that. Exactly.
3: Yes? Exactly and they're closer to their age, you know, specifically uh, feedback, you know, they I hear it's nice to have someone close to our age come out and yes. share their story. So, it's it's been absolutely amazing amazing the students are their eyes are being opened to decisions that they're making with their money and this decisions that they'll have to make with their money pretty soon for those that are, are seniors and about to
1: graduate yeah. don't you guys find that's uh, like Relationships. We talked about relationship to money, relationship to one another, relationship to your parents talking about money. Um, when people get into relationships, the number one thing that causes a lot of stress and pain is money. And how you view money isn't the same way that I'm going to view money. And then if we're in a relationship together, you come in and then there's that added stress because both of you are on two separate pages. Right. I know when um, me and my husband got together, our, that was our first first thing I'm like, okay, let's let's get a plan together. It was like they talk about pressure, let's take the pressure off. How do you view money? Okay, this is how I view money. Okay, here's the bills that you're going to pay. Here's what I'm going to pay. And then everything was out on the table. But then if there was some kind of miscommunication, which there will always be, then you can come back to it and say, okay, let's talk openly about it. And there's not a lot of people that can do that because they don't know how to they don't have the skills to talk about money in a, a way that, um, an, another person may feel like they're being harmed or you know being attacked in some way. Um, talk about it, can, Terrell. Can you talk about that and how you and your wife, um, talk about money together and the relationship?
2: Yeah, my wife is, um, she she's in the business realm she does uh commercial real estate so everything's excel sheets oh. so i'm getting the breakdown and an email of this is you know our expenses this is what we have to say this is what we want to do so i like uh, her already yeah yeah of course <laughs> so she's very organized in that manner but again she grew up differently than i did in regards to how we handle money how mm-hmm. we view how we want to save and uh, as you know being married and getting a line is can be tough at times because uh, he may have a different agenda and, and so does she so um the best thing we do is, is we just try to communicate as much as possible about our expenses, try to count every single penny um, every month, and just to be aware and hold each other accountable and just make sure that at the end of the day, if we say our target to save is this amount, then that amount has to be hit or someone has to answer for it.
1: Yeah. And uh, Thomas, you were talking about your relationship with money and, and your relationship with um, women. How do you go about approaching that?
0: Man, that is that's a hard conversation. <laughs> that's a hard conversation. And um, obviously, I haven't mastered it because I'm still single. So um, no, that's not. Bad, I, does I, no, I know. No, no, no. You're right. I, but I think it's having the tough conversations up front let's let's get to know each other um with the finances especially if that's one of like the top three reasons why relationships don't work out is because of money then let's just you know the cat needs to come out of the bag asap right Mm -hmm. before we start figuring out where we're going to live where we're going to move do we want to live close to your family my family etc have those tough conversations and say um you know what are your financial goals? What's your relationship like? Are you a spender? Are you a saver? Are you someone who's a free spirit? Like are you just kind of like just spending whenever however? Exactly. But for me, I think it's just to be completely transparent in saying this is my view on money this is my Relationship with money. I'm somebody who wants to save so that I can invest so that I can build a legacy for my family I'm somebody who likes to spend I don't really care about tomorrow and both of those answers are okay Both just own it so that the other person understands what to expect like Terrell talked about These are our goals that we want to save whether it's for the month for the year and then the accountability You know what? I said that I wanted to save this amount. I didn't reach that uh, benchmark. I apologize I'm on the hook take responsibility yeah. don't point the fingers just having that conversation and it is a tough conversation but just owning who you are and then just putting it out there you know at the very beginning
1: what are some of the conversations that you guys are having with the kids um, in regards to financial literacy and going into the schools
2: um, biggest thing I want to instill to these kids is that you know No matter what you want to do in life, education is going to be uh, your backbone to everything. And at some point, you're going to earn a great salary and you're going to need to know how to spend that salary. And financial literacy is the only way to serve yourself for the future. Um, I want to let them know that I'm a USC grad. This is one of the top institutes in the country, and I never learned financial literacy. I made over... I made a couple million dollars in my, in my in my day, and I never learned financial literacy. Um, it wasn't until I retired when it was too late that I realized, oh, I shouldn't have been doing this. Oh, I should have been doing this. Um, Give I me an example. Monthly uh, budget, you know. I, I thought I needed a 5000 expense just for Terrell to buy clothes and to do this every month, but I didn't even realize that that was $60,000 a year. Oh. Oh. Like, how can I <laughs> just spend $60,000 on <laughs> myself on, amongst everything else, amongst having uh, a, a mortgage my mom's house a car um, maybe going out Dude, that's just a side expense so in my mind I thought I was worth $60,000 a year and when you're making that type of money of course you of course mm-hmm. but in retrospect, and as I, I got older i I realized that that was wrong of me, and maybe it should have been around maybe two thousand five hundred or maybe a thousand, depending on the month so um, these are things that you know I lived, and I know firsthand that once you do get that money in your pocket it, it can it can fly
1: but don 't you think that that is also uh, we were talking about the knowing oneself and not being I, I know I can say this, you know, as an older adult, you know, I don't care. Like, I could wear some, you know, Target jeans or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you're young and then you get the money and then you have to have the car, you have to have the clothes, you have to have the, you know, you you have to have. Is there more to financial literacy than just You know, that aspect, but just knowing the foundation in you that you are okay with whatever you wear and whatever you drive?
2: I would say yes and no. I think financial literacy will give you to look with the end in mind. Um, And I don't think. any athlete that enters NFL ever thinks that, unless he was taught it, and I think that's the biggest issue is that they're not thinking about the end; they're thinking about the now. I want, I want to wear this, and that's cool. You can have all that, but you know what? Say you made a million dollars after taxes, you're only getting about five fifty. Okay, you know what? I want to save a quarter mil of that, so that means I have about two hundred thousand dollars to spend. How can I chop that up with the mortgage, with, with the agent fees, with this and that? And that's how you live. But unfortunately, me and Thomas didn't live that way. We lived like this. Just swipe that card and continue to go about your day. And uh, we realized that we were never taught at USC. Um, you get, what, two months to pick a financial advisor that you're supposed to uh, trust with the rest of your life. How is that fair? Some of these guys are getting ripped off. or And some of these guys don't know what the, the heck they're talking about. Um, so... We realized there was a huge epidemic uh, just in school, mm-hmm. and um, we were blessed enough to partner up with new vision and they provided us a platform to be able to reach out to these kids um, to teach them the importance of financial literacy because you 're going to need it just like Attila said you know she has dealt with clients who are bankers who are lawyers or doctors that have these same struggles mm-hmm. so it 's not just professional athletes right it 's a huge epi- epidemic yeah. in America.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom, can you talk about some of what you have heard from students in regards to financial literacy and what this program has brought in for their lives?
4: Yeah, the as Attila said, the folks, the kids that are part of the program, I mean, it's it's been life-changing for a lot of them. Um, you know, it's just like that moment when the light bulb goes off for financial literacy, and I think we're able to do that because we have great partners like Terrell and Thomas. Um, You know, we've been spreading the word for uh, several years on this, and uh, we're fortunate to partner up with these guys. In the last year or so, it's really starting to take off. So, we've, you know, a lot more kids are getting on board with the program. A lot more schools are getting on board with the program, and I think we're just being able to touch and reach out to a lot more people. So it's really taking a hold.
1: And Attila, as a manager of community engagement, can you talk about from when you first started the program and how it transitioned or journeyed into now?
3: Well, when we first started the program, it was a challenge to get into schools. Why is that? Uh, the schools don't see it as Having enough value for their time, because schools right nowadays, they have so much that are on their plates. They don't have a lot of time. They have less classroom time. That's true. So that was one of the main concerns. We don't want to take away from the classroom time. I'm not sure if we could do this. I'm not sure if we can get kids to come back. I'm not sure if we can get parents to come back. but. As we continue to have the program and we go back to some of the schools that have been with us since the beginning, they see the value and they understand that it's something that the kids have a hunger for. They want to learn about money and how to manage their money more responsibly. And as Terrell mentioned earlier, there are only five states that require financial education to be taught in high school. California is not one of them. Another known fact is only about... 20% of educators feel that they're qualified to teach financial education. Wow. Yes. So your educators don't feel like they have the knowledge or the expertise to teach it. So once we are able to get on campus, they see the value and they want us to come back. They want more kids to participate. So what we've experienced is the schools that we've gone back to, we're reaching more kids because Mm -hmm. they're able to get gather more kids for us.
1: Now, we all have seen kids now, are, they're standing up for their rights and they're taking um, action. Uh, do you find that going into these schools, do you find that more and more of the kids are doing this? Are they open to taking responsibility for their financial future?
0: Absolutely. Um, The last school that we went to, we went with, we met with the, um, it was like the student council part of of their high school at uh, Marina High School, I believe. And to see how they open up the meetings, to see how they um, conduct business, to see that they're actually running the school is something that's so amazing because it's, the people who have the power, I think this this is like in the same category. It's the people who have the power are actually starting to realize that we have the power, and so in the in the schools, it's the students, right? And so the questions that we got asked, some of the uh, the content that the New Vision, the program covers in the presentation, talking about compound interest, talking about 401ks, talking about the difference between, um, you know, the inflation where one of the slides talks about a candy bar. How much did your grandparents spend on a candy bar? How much did your parents spend on a candy bar? How much do you think your kids will spend on a candy bar? All of these great skills that come along with money and responsibilities, New Vision's covering, and- The kids were hungry for the information. And so it's like the to the point of the first time you find out that the mind is limitless, Mm -hmm. then you actually want to explore more and more and more as opposed to somebody getting up there who has uh, the responsibility, like Attila said, to teach these kids English, math, science. Where can we fit in financial literacy? So you bring in an expert who is outside of the 20% of the facilitators or teachers who are teaching in classes to say, look here's what you have to think about. You're 18 years old or you're 15, 16, 17 years old. If you start saving now with this understanding of compound interest, this is what it's going to look like when you're 40, as opposed to starting when you're 40 until you're 65, you're basically going to lose out on making a million dollars or whatever the number is. And those are important life skills. So what can I do now with the extra $2 a month that I have from my allowance or or whatever as opposed to saying, "Well, when you make $65,000, you should put 20,000 here." That doesn't make sense to me if I'm in high school. Like $20,000, I can't even fathom that exactly. because I've never had more than $15 in my pocket at one time. So, that's why like to your point, these kids are actually hungry because they're saying, "What are my rights? What am I entitled to?" Not like because i'm an entitled generation but what information am i entitled to getting so that my life can be better because a lot of us well i would assume a lot of us grew up with the understanding our parents wanted to make sure that we grew up better than they did. So let's give our kids the information so that they can actually grow up better than we did. Absolutely.
1: This is ESPN LA. I'm Laferne Cusack Cusack, speaking with Tom Sweet, Vice President of Marketing of New Vision Credit Union. Terrell Thomas, former NFL player, business owner, entrepreneur. Thomas Williams, former NFL player, author, motivational speaker. And Attila Morgan, Manager of Community Engagement for New Vision Credit Union. Union. Now, Terrell, as an athlete, do you feel that students now attending college ath- uh, college athletes, are they opening their mind to financial literacy? Because, I mean, we, we've done so many stories about how many athletes go bankrupt within the first three years after they get out of the NFL or the NBA or whatever. Do you think that has made a difference?
2: Yes and no. I mean, those stats, you know, we hear and we're trying to educate ourselves or do what's best to avoid that statistics. But I think what you're seeing is, uh, like Thomas said, is the students and athletes taking the power back, especially with the NCAA. I mean, they, they really pimp us, to be, to, to be honest. And uh, you see guys sitting out of bowl games. Not playing their last game. I mean, making business decisions. And then you have the, all these critics and uh, talk show hosts and the NCAA coming out, you know, criticizing these kids. And I don't understand it. So I, I agree with you. I do think these kids are starting to fight back and understand that this is a business. Um, you see a lot of kids coming in with game plans. You know, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to come back and get my education, but mm-hmm. I'm here to be three and done. Because if I get into the NFL, NBA in two to three years, that means I'm 20 years old. I got 10 plus years playing a professional sport, making good money. Um, So um, it's happening at the high school level. And I definitely believe it's happening at the collegiate level.
1: Yes. What about you, Thomas?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think I, I because everybody's trying to figure out where's the blame. Yeah. Supposed to be placed. Like who's who's to blame? Is it is it is it the parents? Is it the school? Is it the NC two A? Is it the players? Is it the? And that's the problem, um, which continues to get underlined. Which yeah. we don't. We, I don't think we need any more um, people in those seats yeah. because the problem is the problem. I think the solution is. Everybody understanding that, look, I'm responsible for my part of this problem.
1: And that's what I like. You, and you have been saying that it's mm-hmm. like you took accountability. Right. Yeah. Well, you didn't talk to your financial advisor. Well, why didn't you talk to your financial advisor? It's like, well, I, I take blame for that. Right. You know.
0: Right. We have to take we just have to take responsibility. You know that the numbers are out there, right? 70 percent, 75 percent, 80 percent, 22 percent, whatever the number is that this is this is a real problem. And if you think that it's not going to happen to you, it usually does. And so for us to take the initiative, be proactive, just like Terrell was saying, this needs to start Younger. Why, if the NFL wants to continue or says that they want to fix this problem, invest more in your college student-athletes. If colleges say that they want to take more of the responsibility, invest in your high school student-athletes and your high schools, period. If high schools say the same thing, well, we need to teach our kids, well, then do it. Everybody, like, don't continue to underline the problem, because It's there Mm -hmm. just be a part of the solution and everybody has a responsibility in that and they if everybody owns their part of the problem, then we'll have this won't be an issue anymore. It will be a solution and then we'll talk about this in in 20 years and say you remember when that used to be a problem (laughs) like yeah, dang. Okay, well we fixed it. So Mm -hmm. let's not let's not continue to, to beat a dead horse. Let's make sure that we all do our part and if somebody has a question be cool enough to say I don't know I'll find out the answer or each one teach one. If you know the answer, teach it.
1: Yeah, Uh, take action. Um, Attila, again, where can we go to vote uh, for the Essay Challenge and um, participate in this uh, event? Great question. Thank you. It's essaychallenge.com.
3: The voting will go live on Monday, April 9th at 12 noon.
1: All right, and when... How is the process of choosing who who is going to win the grand prize? The voting period will be for three
3: weeks. It will end on April 30th, and the top 26 essays with the most votes will win the scholarships.
1: And, Tom, can you talk about some of the ways that you are reaching out uh, with marketing and, and getting people involved and involved in this important mission.
4: Yeah, you know, we we have 80,000 members, part of the credit union. Um, so we reach out to those folks and let them know that they can participate and help the kids uh, vote for their essays and, uh, you know, help the kids understand financial literacy through volunteering, things of that nature. Um, so we're, you know, we're constantly promoting the message to our membership and the communities that we uh, do business
1: Now, for those that don't know, what's the difference between banking with, uh, let's say, New Vision, a a credit um, company, or just a regular bank?
4: That's a great question. I I think that this program is a great example of that of the difference. Um, you know, credit unions, people have heard of credit unions. They don't kind of quite understand it. They think that they have to belong to kind of the, um, you know, a certain company to work to be part of that credit union. But in fact, anybody can be part of a credit union uh, like New Vision. The main difference between New Vision and a big bank, for example, is that we actually, we're about people and helping people and helping to change lives. And I think that this program here is a great example of, how we do what we do, and the difference between us and, say, a Wells Fargo. Right, right. If they're not a sponsor, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Right. Thomas, can you talk about some of the things that, or some top tips you have learned in regards to having a financial advisor, what we should look out for, um, and a a main learning?
0: Yeah, uh, a financial advisor is not someone who... You should trust to just look at all of your finances and say, okay, that's one less headache that I have in my life. <laughs> um, a financial advisor is somebody who you should bounce ideas off, who you pay them a fee um, to manage your money and make sure that you're understanding exactly what are they managing. Um, I remember when we were in college, people said that you you can have a job in the off season if you want one, as long as it's a job where you're actually doing something, which means that you can't be somebody who presses the button to turn on the automatic sprinklers. You actually had to have a job. So don't allow your financial advisor to be that same type of person. They're just sitting there allowing your money to sit in one place. Um, educate yourself. And when I say educate yourself, ask like I do I ask elementary school style questions I I'm I'm naive when it comes to money and understanding that that's not my lane but I want to learn and so I'll bounce questions off whether it's my financial advisor or other people in the financial industry so that I can you know do my own due diligence checks and balances and saying hey I heard about this investment or hey my money here with you is making three percent I learned that today if I put it over here it can make four and just having the dialogue with the conversation about the money, and lastly, understand again: it's you're not paying somebody to watch your wallet. If I sit here and I say Terrell, watch my wallet, and he loses my wallet, <laughs> yes, I'm upset at him. However, who's to be at fault? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be watching my own wallet. Well, maybe he can be my accountability partner, as you know, I hold my wallet. But making sure that it's not the end all be all to have a financial advisor.
1: Yeah. Well, and what about you, Terrell?
0: You know what?
2: A financial advisor can be good and bad. Um, I've had both scenarios. And uh, just to piggyback off of what Thomas said, I think you have to be hands on. You have to educate Mm -hmm. yourself and you have to think with the end in mind. You have to look at the large um, sum and say, this is what I want to save, and this is what I want to spend, and this is my monthly budget. And if I go over, no, it's coming from somewhere. And I think that's where you start to be accountable. Um, I think the NFL can help by paying guys uh, throughout the year versus throughout 17 weeks. Um, you're getting, you know, twenty plus thousand dollars plus checks uh, every Tuesday. But when that season ends, you don't get no more checks until – training camp starts again that's a big gap they don't tell guys that your rookie year and it's hard to manage that money mm-hmm. you know what i mean when you earned it in the first two quarters of the of the of the calendar year so i i think you have to think um with uh with the end in mind and um you know y- while we're here financial literacy
1: do you think that uh contracts are going to change for future players
2: in, in what regards? In
1: regards to money and when you get it and how how much you get and how people are managing their contracts, you know?
2: Yes and no. My last couple of years, I was actually speaking with my agent and um, our general manager about that, um, just about how c- could the NFL implement paying guys throughout the year. It's just so much turnover. Um, it would be really hard, but I think that's the best way. Um You know, they want us to be normal people, even though we are, you know, athletes and celebrities. But, you know, you got to pay us that same way or if not, at least educate us like, hey, you know, your first four checks should be your first, you know, three months, something like that in in that regards, because. You know, some guys are getting signing bonuses and then they're getting these checks on top. It's a lot of money coming in. I mean, imagine going from $12,000 stipend to signing, you know, a million-dollar signing bonus and then having, you know, 400-plus coming on top of that. That's just a rookie deal. And... It's, it's, it's unfair, to be honest with you. And if you don't have the backing of financial literacy, the understanding of how to manage money, how to save money, how to invest money, then it's going to be a snowball effect. You're just slowly just going to just spend, spend, spend.
1: Attila, what's, what are some of the programs that you're teaching the kids about how to manage their money within the schools?
3: Well, we Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time with the kids. We have about an hour. So we try to squeeze in as much as we can to kind of pique their interest on learning. As we talked about before, what inflation is and how to invest your money and not just to think about what you have today, but Mm -hmm. what if, you know, when you're 30 or you're 40, you know, how much money will you plan to have and what can you do with that? So the whole wealth formula is, is not about, um, It's
1: about diversify,
3: (laughs) diversify, (laughs) but looking for long term actions and and, um, uh, vehicles to where you can place your money so that you have money stored up for yourself when you want to retire or something happens. We talk about credit uh, and how what credit score is and how that's like your score in life and you want to be mm-hmm. you want to get an a <laughs> <laughs> yes. you want to get an a because with that you have power you have power to do the things that you want to do in life and- like be able to buy cars and homes and things like that but use it responsibly not use credit uh, that delayed gratification you know you want to you 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 want to set a goal for things that you want in life and not have to have that microwave instantaneous, you know, you want everything now. So we really try to just go over the basics. Um, And I open myself to all of the students that they can, I'm an open book. So any questions that they have, they can email me, call me, and they actually do. Oh, that's great. (laughs) So I, I have open dialogue with students all the time about, where their heads are at with money and follow-up questions for the information that we covered in our our workshops, whether it be from our financial advisor or from our special guests, such as Terrell and Thomas, anything that they cover, they do come back and say, hey, you know what, I'm so glad that you uh, covered this workshop with us because now I'm thinking, while I'm going to college in the fall and I already, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know what to do. So I um, definitely had opened the door for them to have that dialogue with me. And I can also advise them to any one of our, um, our uh, credit union staff to help them.
1: And again, for our listeners that would like to go on and judge the uh, essay contest, how can they do that? EssayChallenge.com. All right. Go to Um uh, Now, Terrell and Thomas, are you both going – have you guys gone back to USC and talked to some of the athletes there about financial, financial stability?
2: Yes, I have. Uh, more than anything, we just tried to uh, – I believe Thomas has had a more hands-on approach, but really um, – we just wanted to just share the gems that we've learned and um hopefully they don't make the same mistakes that we have and uh teach them the importance of time management and networking and you know the, the opportunities that you have in front of you right now while you're at USC to take advantage of those. And then also when you do get to the league, or, or if you're able to get to the league, start thinking with the end in mind. Start you know educating yourself on finances and take some of these classes. And I believe Thomas have led some of these classes as well. He's, he's been a big advocate of really helping these kids transition into the real world because um, when, when you retire from the NFL, it's a tough transition financially Mm -hmm. mentally physically right and um he he, you know we have to lean on each other we have to help each other because the resources are not there for us they're starting to you know come readily available but it's like i said it's too late you know what i mean i I need it prior so um yeah we both have, have been there
1: uh, I don't know how you guys felt over this past week, but uh, I actually have to talk to my financial advisor about these tech stocks. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about diverse, diversify mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, no, I know I have tech stocks. and They went down. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, you hold on to it. Did you guys feel that pain?
0: <laughs> Go write it out. Go write it out. Yeah. It, no, yeah. No, what, what can you do? You write it out, right. right? Right. I mean, that's all. That's the the mindset that I have as far as what something goes down. Hopefully. And are where, you
1: aggressive? with your...
0: Yeah, I would say that it just depends on what is your risk management or your appetite for risk, right? Are you somewhere where you need that to hit right now? You need it to, to go up and you need to pull it out so that you can use the money ASAP or is it something where you understand that the market is, is volatile and so it goes up and down and so can I withstand this and do I have money somewhere else working or in a savings um, that I'm not actually depending on that money to use it today or tomorrow or maybe it's a five-year plan, it's 10 year plan but as long as you have a plan instead of I don't know I'll just figure it out <laughs> so um, that's 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 kind of been been our philosophy yeah
1: my mom uh, she's she was Jamaican and she um, she always went to get the lotto tickets we <laughs> so got to get the lotto tickets and, and you know what that does not happen yeah. <laughs> it's so far away from you know I mean it could happen but we have to think beyond the lotto ticket right <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thank you guys so much uh, for sharing your experience and sharing your knowledge with our uh, community. Again, Mr. Tom Sweet, Vice President of Marketing for New Vision Credit Union. Uh, Tilla Morgan, she is the Manager of Community Engagement for New Vision Credit Union. Former USC players, Terrell Thomas, and also former... NFL player, entrepreneur, and Thomas Williams. Thank you guys so much for sharing your experience. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you having us. having I'm Lafern Cusack. Thanks so much for joining me. For more information, please log on to espnla.com or check me out on Twitter at Lafern Cusack. Thanks again. I'll see you next week here on ESPN LA 710.
0: ESPN LA 710.